0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: And we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need an expert to help navigate the home loan process, Rocket can. Jonathan Fru tweets in, you know what they say, you give an inch and people take a mile. That in response to me saying, you know, Katie's foot was an inch away from people saying completely different things. And if you are basing your opinion based on an inch, you know, and, and where his foot was on the line, think about that for a second. If your entire perspective would change if his foot was an inch further back, then really is what you're saying sane. Joseph Smith tweets in, "You're the best, Robin. I truly appreciate you. Um, great, thanks. Uh, I, I don't know what, exactly what that's in reference to, but I'll take it." Uh, <laughs> Tim Carlson tweets in, "Ice Tray, the new face and assassin taken over the East." That in response to, you know, whether you're excited about some of the fresh blood in the NBA that we've seen, and and partially because it takes away some of that toxicity. I was just referencing, you know, that 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 Scottie Pippen Kevin Durant conversation got us back into. Uh, a little bit. Don C. Williams says, ha love your passionate defense of LeBron as always, but as always, Jordan is the greatest player of all time. Have a good morning. I don't even know if, did I have a passionate defense of LeBron? I I just was telling you, you know, just because people have talked about LeBron in a certain way, which was insane, m- perhaps due to uh, the comparisons to Jordan never ceasing, doesn't mean you should apply that same standard to other people because if you know it's insane, why would you continue to apply it? Therefore, that makes you insane. And, you know, like, what if I was LeBron? Who cares? Shut up. You know? And, and I was saying, you know, in regards to LeBron versus KD, some of LeBron, it's okay to be impressed by a loss. I'm telling you, it's okay. It's also okay to not have someone to criticize. I can easily argue, outside of 2016, the next impressive, most impressive thing I've ever seen LeBron do ultimately ended up in a loss. And I could say I was more impressed by the way he played in a loss than I did in a championship run, some of those championship runs. And he was great in those championship runs. I'm not taking away from the titles. I'm just saying it's possible. And and I think Kevin Durant did more for himself in a loss than he did even in winning rings. I think what Kevin Durant did in that series against the Bucks. Will be remembered more fondly than what he did, winning titles for the Warriors. But he lost. So what? That's what I'm saying. So what? Good energy ten says I think Skip Bayless helped create this culture. Look, you're not wrong. I, you know, Skip Bayless has very handsomely made a living for himself, constantly agitating and and trolling LeBron and hating on LeBron in, in ways that are. At this point, parity, right? Like, it, it can't be legit. Like, you just can't legitimately approach things that way. And that being part of the daily discourse around the NBA for so long has, I think, poisoned the way the sport is talked about. It's a great sport, it's my favorite league. But people lose all, like, rationale sometimes and just go into this world of absurdity. What do you think? Eight five five two one two four two two seven eight five five two one two four two two seven. Let's go to Billy in Toronto. Billy, what's going on?
1: Hey, hey, Robin, you are the best, no question about it. Hey, listen, Robin. Sometimes, uh, and by the way, I agree with everything that you've said. Uh, I mean, K- uh, I thought KD was just great in the loss, and sometimes losing just shows how much better you are when you have none of the stars around you. I mean, I thought he, I think he's one. You know, he's one two with. uh with uh, LeBron right now, and uh, I just really like him. But I, I want to take this a little a step further. And, and I think sometimes the course of history is changed, and the way we know it now, and we'll always argue, is it LeBron or is it Michael, and take whoever you like in, in, in that argument. But sometimes an injury to a person maybe changes the whole course of the way sports was. And, and I'm an older caller, so I'm going to go back a little bit further and bring up a guy that I think, may have been the best of all time, and LeBron and Jordan were playing for second place. And that's one Bill Walton. I'll tell you something. Bill Walton, coming out of UCLA, was was the next star in this league. And he took a Portland team. Trust me, this Portland team was Bill Walton's four pieces of garbage and upset a heavily favored 76ers team by himself. He made the other four players great around him. And what a lot of people don't know is, the next year, Portland got off to an incredible run. Uh, probably would have uh, rivaled Michael Jordan's 72-win season. And what happens? Walton goes down, there goes the leg, and there's basically the end of Bill Walton. And, and, and now I know he came back and was able to play with the Celtics, but I wonder if Walton was to stay healthy his whole career, he changes everything in sports. Maybe the Celtics and the Lakers don't play 3 3 Maybe the Celtics totally dominate the Lakers and beat them six straight in in the championship playoffs. There's one guy that I think should be brought up uh, as one of the greats of all time. We'll never know it. We'll never ever know it because injuries derailed his uh, career. That's all I got, Robin. Thanks.
2: No, no. Look, it makes sense uh, whether whether you share that opinion of Bill Walton or not. Like injuries are a part of sports, and you know if, if you avoid if you try to say that they're just excuses when you're talking about how they impact things, again, you're not using your brain. You're not using your brain. Like, if you view the Brooklyn Nets loss the same way you would have had Kyrie and Harden been healthy, your brain is broken. I'm sorry. It's not an excuse. It's an explanation. It's analysis. It's the same reason I never buy into the talk of an asterisk for anything. There's no asterisk because guys were hurt. There's no asterisks because the season was played in the bubble last year. there's no asterisks for for any reason. Circumstances are a part of determining every champion every year, every sport It's up to us to be able to have conversations with nuance with context, with rational thinking and not act like cartoon characters. And that that's where I mean am I am I alone on this? I know I do this for a living. I get it. So in a sense some people would call me hypocritical. But a, am I alone in thinking like you know the way we we talk about particularly the NBA like is insanity? 855 212 4227. I, you know, it's okay. It's okay to not hold someone accountable. He must be held accountable. People act like we're in like ancient Rome, where, you know, you lose this gladiator fight, it's off with their head or something. It's okay to be impressed by a loss. It's okay. It's okay to think somebody who doesn't have as many rings as somebody else is actually better. It's okay. It's also okay to you know explain why that that winning was so impressive to you too I'm not saying the winning it doesn't matter I mean it all matters but it, it's okay to be able to like have an intelligent conversation my God. I, but he lost, and I, I don't see that. You know, you don't see that in the NFL the same way, or the other. I mean, baseball doesn't get talked about quite the same. And we're going to get to baseball in a couple minutes. I, you know, I've got some stuff to say about all these checks that are happening in Major League Baseball. But I do think the the discourse around the NBA needs to be checked. That's why. I I was saying before, I I think some people may, uh, in a sense, be enjoying the way these playoffs have unfolded a little bit because some of that has been removed because people don't have that same uh, pundits, TV personalities, radio personalities, all those don't have that same level of um, investment in the guys that are playing right now. Where they have these agendas. Because basically a lot of them, I, I think, you know, people have a, an agenda. And they're just looking for the things that, that support that agenda. If you went in and you wanted to say LeBron, you know, Katie is no LeBron. Alright, well, Katie lost, so of course he's no LeBron. If... LeBron, you're trying to keep him from being Jordan and LeBron loses. Well, of of course LeBron lost. He's no Jordan. I mean, that's that's not a way to approach things. It really, it's mind-boggling at times. Frustrating. Frustrating. Today, a full day and night of sports begins at 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific with action in the WNBA between Washington and Dallas at 3 Eastern 12 Pacific big names like Kepka, Chambeau, and Dustin Johnson compete at the Travelers Championship. Then in primetime at 8 Eastern 5 Pacific, it's another superstar Saturday night with racing under the lights at the Camping World SRX Series. That's all today on CBS. You know, a couple of um let me uh change it before we get to the baseball stuff. Uh a couple of lighthearted Sort of moments. It's always when I get a little frustrated and worked up, like I, I just was. I I um like to to pivot in in a a more uh, no uh, no stakes fashion. A couple anniversaries this week. One was um yesterday was the anniversary of of reasonable doubt, so twenty five years. The first Jay Z album. I'm just a huge Jay Z fan, so I'm mentioning that. It's crazy to me. 25 years. Been the best. There are indeed levels for this. But there was also an anniversary out of the world of professional wrestling this week. And that was the anniversary of Austin 316. The speech at the King of the Ring that Stone Cold Steve Austin gave. And if you don't recall like watching that in real time, that was one of those things you knew was a moment in real time. I remember I was a kid going, whoa, when he, when he did the spiel at Jake the Snake Roberts and said, you know, you talk about your psalms, you talk about John 316. Well, Austin 316 says I just, you know, the rest. And Austin 316 became this phenomenon, right? Like everybody was rocking the T-shirt, black T-shirt, white letters, Austin 316. And while it was just a, you know, it was a cool moment and, and led to the rise of Stone Cold, I think you could easily argue that promo was the most significant moment in professional wrestling history. Because, yeah, uh, th- th- here's the context, right? Like, like I was just saying about the NBA discussions, you need context. Why? Well, look at where the landscape was at that time. The WWE, I think it was still the WWF then, was struggling. Struggling. And you had Shawn Michaels was, was great. But beyond that, there were guys like Doink the Clown and Duke the Dumpster Drosy. And I think Kane might have been an evil dentist still then. Isaac Yankum, DDS. These were the kind of characters they were trotting out. And meanwhile, WCW had the NWO going on which was cutting edge. NWO, you know, Hogan joins the NWO as the third man. And WCW is starting to surpass, does surpass WWE, beating them on a consistent basis. Head-to-head, the biggest WWE product losing to the biggest WCW product. But I would mark Austin saying, those words as the start of the shift because those words dawn the attitude era. And without Stone Cold, there is no rock. And Stone Cold takes off like a rocket ship. The rock comes next. Degeneration X comes uh, uh, as part of that. And then all of a sudden, the WWE takes over again, and runs the WCW out of business to the point where they acquire it. So, I would say, all things considered, that Austin 316 promo may be the most significant moment in pro wrestling history. But what's your what's your favorite ever pro wrestling moment? Favorite ever. 855-212-4227 eight five five two one two four two two seven at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. R O B I N L U N D B E R G. This is, as I said, a result of Austin three sixteen having its anniversary this week. What was it? The nineteen ninety six King of the Rings? So is that twenty five years as well? Twenty five. Wow, just like reasonable doubt, twenty five.
3: Just oh. one thing, uh, the WCWA mentioned, uh, the NWO hadn't formed just yet, uh, which was amazing. Uh, during that time, you had the Austin promo, and then it was two weeks later, you had the bash at the beach when o- Hogan officially uh, he turned teal. So Scott Hall, Kevin Nash had been hanging around WCW for a little bit, but then... Obviously, Hogan joined them a couple weeks later after the Austin promo. So, you know, two of the greatest promos of all time in the matter of a a couple weeks. First, Austin, and then two weeks later, Bash at the Beach 96. Austin, uh, I mean, Hogan delivered uh, one of the great promos of all time.
2: But uh, point being, still, I, I stand by what I'm saying in general. I think no, yeah, Austin, no, WWF
3: yeah. was a mess, but yeah, no, yeah. I mean, the NWO, uh, but yeah, you, had, the, you had and, said and, the NWO was going strong, and the, yeah, they that formed was, Jet, but, no, but they, they were on their way, uh, but yeah, no, but WWF was not in a good place at that time.
2: And, and Austin's speech is what laid the groundwork for what eventually became the Attitude Era and and allowed the WWE emerge from uh, the, the whooping that they wound up taking from the WCW once NWO was fully formed and was in, in its heyday. What's your favorite ever professionally wrestling moment? I'll give you a few more of mine coming up. 855-212-4227. It is the Robin Lundberg Show, and it's here on CBS Sports
4: Radio. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg Show.
2: What is your favorite ever professional wrestling moment in honor of the 25th anniversary of the Austin 316 speech, which I could argue is the most significant moment in wrestling history, dawning the Attitude Era? Few of mine that I could run through that just, like, stand out. Andre the Giant getting body slammed by Hulk Hogan. Um, Austin 316. Shawn Michaels putting Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker. At WrestleMania 25. Best match. Undertaker throwing Mankind off the top of the Hell in a Cell Cage. The formation of the NWO. The reveal of the third man. And Brock Lesnar ending the Undertaker streak at WrestleMania. The reaction from the crowd. And then we throw in uh, The Rock when Chris Jericho made his debut. And did his whole speech. They had been building him up for a while. And then... He kept saying his name in his speech, and The Rock asked him what his name was, and Chris Jericho goes, I already told you, It's it doesn't matter what your name is. The first time The Rock had used that phrase, I just remember that specifically because it was funny at the time. 855-212-4227. Let's go to Dave in Youngstown, Ohio. Dave, you're up next on The Robin yeah. Lundberg Show. What's going on?
4: Yeah, I have two favorite wrestling moments. Uh, I met Andre the Giant when I was a young kid. And that was a thrill of a lifetime. And the second one, Ric Flair versus uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in Shy Town Heat. But any anyway, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat match, because they were so phenomenal together.
2: Well, I mean, Ricky Steamboat, and thanks for the call, had some great matches. Uh, WrestleMania 3, Macho Man Randy Savage, Ricky Steamboat, you know, one of the greatest matches in history. Radar tweets and I was at Nitro in Madison Wisconsin and I had a sign for Nitro Girl Spice she waved and blew me a kiss my buddies didn't believe me later on she came over autographed my sign and gave me a hug and kiss on the cheek well that's a nice personal moment i don't know if that qualifies as a uh, all time great wrestling moment <laughs> uh Mix mama 35 says my favorite WWE moment from Austin is the crowd saying what actually i i don't like the what thing that i don't really like the yes thing or the what thing the daniel bryan yes thing or the the what thing eventually became annoying. Uh <laughs> at some point. Let's go to Stephen in Tennessee. Stephen, you're up next. Here on the Sports Radio. What's up?
4: Uh my favorite is uh Dusty Rhodes' Hard Times.
2: What what about Dusty Rhodes?
4: Uh that's my favorite cut. Uh when he's talking about Hard Times.
2: Just his his promo you're talking about. Yes. Okay. I got you. Yeah, um uh it, I was looking for like specific moments, more so like Austin 316 was a specific moment. um, And, and some of the other ones I, I listed off are specific moments. Uh, obviously, you know, certain, pro, you know, who were the best at promos was. You could you could go on and on down the line. The Rock has to be right at the top. Uh, Austin, obviously. Macho Man had his, his style, whatever you want to call that. Trying to think of who else even belongs. Piper. Yeah, Piper. Uh, who else even belongs in that conversation a- at that level? Um, Flair. Flair is good. But was Flair on that level, you think? I guess you do remember the limousine ride and all that, you know. Uh, woo, and the woo is iconic, so you have to factor that in for sure. 855 212 Anthony what would you argue is the the best ever or your favorite ever wrestling moment?
3: Ah, uh, well, you I mean you mentioned a bunch of them. Uh so just a couple others I'll add in um Shawn Michaels in 2002 the first ever uh, elimination chamber match at Madison Square Garden Survivor Series 2002. I was there for that. Uh unbelievable. It was electric in that building. Uh, Shawn Michaels had just come back at SummerSlam a couple months prior to that after being out for four years after he had retired because of his back. You know, we never thought we would see him again. He came back at SummerSlam that year, had a great match with Triple H, and then uh, came back the first Elimination Chamber match ever, Survivor Series. Wound up winning the uh, World Heavyweight Championship, Uh, so that was really memorable uh what else was great uh Kane's debut 97 Hell in a Cell, in a cell yep. uh there was such a great build up there was such a great storyline they did such a good job building that up and then uh you know you just hope that they're not going to ruin the payoff uh, but uh, when that moment came uh they delivered it was just, uh, one of the greatest debuts in wrestling history uh Kane coming out and just ripping the door off the the uh the Hell in a Cell and Giving the tombstone to the Undertaker, that was uh, that was really memorable.
2: Yeah, for sure. I remember, that was a great match. It, even before that, and then the Kane had that that moment uh, w- with Undertaker, and the whole like you know brother burns in a fire <laughs> storyline that went on. That could only happen. His long lost brother that we didn't know about um, it, it makes the return to to only pile drive him into the mat and cost them the match against Shawn Michaels. Eight five five two one two. 4227, at Robin Ludberg, on Twitter. That's R-O-B-I-N-L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G. Uh, you can continue to weigh in on um, some of your, your favorite pro wrestling moments, if you'd like, in honor of it being the 25th anniversary of Austin 316. Uh, I also wanted to get into what's been going on in baseball as of late with these checks of pitchers who are coming off the mound. and we, We've seen a lot of... um. Viral moments as a result of this, I, I guess they call it, it's been. We need a better term than sticky stuff. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. Let's go to Bob in South Carolina. Bob, you're up next here on the Robin Lundberg show. What's going on?
1: Not much. Just got off of work. There you go. My favorite WWE moment. Rowdy, Roddy Piper. Piper's pit. Hitting Jimmy Snuka in the head with the coconut.
2: Piper's Pit was, you know, like a talk show mechanism that was, has been really, I, I don't know, if there, I'm sure there was something like it before that, but that's the one I think of as the uh, inspiration for all the other ones that have been built around a, a central wrestler or a central character to, to set up. Like, uh, I mean, I talked about Shawn Michaels putting Marty Gennetti through the window, the barbershop, Brutus the Barber, Beefcake, had a platform like that at the time. But, yeah, I, I, I certainly remember that Superfly Splash. Uh, Jimmy Stucker getting hit by by Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Um, I mean, look, there's so many that people are going to come up with different eras, and and everybody. That's why I like doing wrestling topics. Everybody has some attachment, I think, to pro wrestling at some point in their life, whether they're a huge fan or a casual fan, or or whether it's nostalgia or what have you. How about Damon in Alabama? Damon, you're up next here on the Robin Lundberg Show. What's going on?
4: Uh favorite wrestling moment would uh, probably be Kerry Von Erich beating Rick Flair at Texas Stadium for the NWA World Title, which was three months after his brother had passed away.
2: Wow! So yeah, you're going um, you're going way back, uh, and uh, obviously the Von Erichs a, a legendary wrestling family. But th- I, I, I mean, I, I remember my grandmother. In uh, Mississippi, I, my mom's actually from Mississippi. I don't think most people would, would guess that, but my grandmother had all those old wrestling figures from that NWA days, you know, because that was the you, you had those territories and and then NWA and and WWF at the the time. And Ric Flair was the face of it, right? Like that, he was the guy for for that, and, and then obviously for WCW and eventually WWE having the career that he did have.
4: You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show.
2: You know, I was going to get uh, to a defense of Rob Manfred, but I'm going to hold it for a second because a lot of you guys on the line. Uh, so let me get to you first at 855-212-4227. Let's go to Lee in Alabama. Lee, you're up on The Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio.
5: Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Uh, pretty good. I'm going to go with uh, the CM Punk pipe bomb promo. Um, I know it didn't pan out, you know, as a lot of people thought it would, but I think it caught a lot of people's attention, and I think it would have, I guess, been bigger if it wasn't uh, overshadowed by a few things. Without going into it all, but that just to go a different route from all the classic stuff, I, I think that's one of the biggest moments to happen. In like
2: modern pro-wrestling. Uh, no, I, I, I feel you. We're, we're taking um, your favorite ever professional wrestling moments in honor of Austin 316's 25th anniversary, which I could argue is the most significant moment in, in pro-wrestling history. I believe you're referencing, like, the promo's like CM Punk where he was sort of uh, breaking the fourth wall, if you will, right? Like he, he's, Yeah. Uh, yeah, that taking it. A, and wrestling fans love that, right, when, when the real stuff gets thrown into the promo? Um, and that was what made CM Punk, for that time period, um, so successful. It's almost like an edginess about him as a result of that. Let's go to Jess in Stockton, California. Jess, you're up next.
4: What's good, Robin? What's up, man? Man, man, one of my favorite moments as a kid growing up was when when Macho Man was tied up in the ropes and Jake the Snake hooked that Cobra on his arm.
2: Uh Uh-huh. I remember that, yeah.
4: As a kid, man, that was kind of that was crazy to see. But as far as like promo goes, I think my favorite promo was the The Rock with the you know the big slow promo. That was I like that one.
2: Which big slow promo? Which one are you talking about?
4: The the first one he did on SmackDown, like the the very first one he did.
2: To to go from Rocky Maivia to The Rock, you mean?
4: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Okay, oh yeah. People forget that he was Rocky Maivia, and, and thanks for the call. the, the snake thing was crazy. A uh, couple snake moments. I mean, I remember when Earthquake killed Damien, right, the the python that Jake the snake had for the longest time. I mean, it was just a green bag that he sat on. But uh, that was – I was very sad when that happened. But, yeah, the, the uh, Macho Man getting bit by a cobra or <laughs> whatever happened there was also pretty scary. Let's go to Jim in Massachusetts. Jim, you're up next here on The Robin Lundberg Show. What's going on? Jim, you there? Looks like we may have lost Jim. We'll give him three more seconds. One, two, three. All right, bye, Jim. How about Kyle in Massachusetts? Kyle, you're up next on the show.
1: Yeah, I think one of the biggest of all time has to be the NWO taking over and then turning Hulk Hogan into the dark side.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that uh, heel turn, stood out to so many people because, you know, it was so crazy given the character that Hulk Hogan was, right?
1: Right. Yeah. And you already had such a great cast with Michaels and Xbox and and Diesel, and now you add Hulk Hogan into the mix. I mean, it was was changing wrestling at the time.
2: Oh, no, no question. I mean, again, I I think uh, the NWO, you know, was the primary reason that um, WCW took over for WWE for a while there. And that was the, the signature moment of the NWO. It was Hull and Nash, and then the third man being Hulk Hogan, that, which genuinely, you know, it's it's hard to genuinely shock that audience and, and catch them by surprise. And I think that was one of those moments. It's why I, I brought up the Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty moment, because, like, I think it was like, whoa, you know? Uh, and, and Hogan turning heel like that was whoa. Uh, I would say Brock Lesnar ending the other Undertaker streak was whoa. Like those are moments that that genuinely got that reaction, caught the audience by surprise. You you got their their honest uh raw reactions. The Kamish Dynasty tweets in Goldberg versus Diamond Dallas Page at Halloween Havoc. Um, let's go to Spike in St. Petersburg. Spike you're up next. What's going on, man?
5: Yeah, I'm going to pass on the wrestling because uh, when I watched wrestling, uh, I saw yeah. Rock, Rock, the Rock's grandfather, Peter Maivia. That's a long time ago. Well,
2: there uh, you followed, go. At least you had the contribution.
5: No, no. I followed wrestling, like, you know, up until about 40, you know. Um you know, yeah. It's a brilliant theater, really. It's to uh, Mr. McMahon. But anyway, uh, one basketball, I'll get to in a second. I a baseball comment. This Manfred, uh, uh, he's probably a nice guy. He's a smart, sure, smart guy, but the way he handled this whole issue with, uh, you know, checking on the substance and the way they're doing it. It's not the umpire's fault. They're just following orders, I'm sure. But uh, it really, the game, I used to love baseball, and it's really hard to watch for me now. And it has nothing to do with my love for the NBA, which I want to get to now. You know, I said after game, uh, after Phoenix game two, everyone's writing off the Clippers. And I know they're both missing their best players, and Chris Paul came back, and you knew we'd be rusty. You just know all those things. You watch enough hoops. I know you agree with me. But I said, don't sell them out, because I looked at the, I was watching uh, the Clippers, you know, Sands, Paul, Kawhi, and they were making threes at almost 40%. And then they started off, no one could make a three the other night. And then they picked it up and started making them. And and it, it's appropriate to say that about, I don't think they're a team yet. I don't know who's going to win. Uh, I don't like watching it without their stars, but I'll take it. But even last night, I said to a buddy of mine, I said, you're going to see a big, I'm not a Milwaukee Bucks fan, I'm not a Giannis fan. I'll give him all the credit in the world, you know, with the leaping ability. And he's trying hard, but uh, a lot of things he does are just not for me. I don't think he can shoot well enough to be a superstar. And the free throws, which look like they incrementally get better, it just takes too much time. I mean, the whole thing bothers me. But I said they're going to adjust, and they're going to play small, and they're going to come out and, and cut Trey Young, who's a brilliant offensive player, an average shooter, basically an average three-point shooter, but his elusiveness to me is in the Isaiah Thomas. Everyone's comparing him to Steph because he's diminutive, but Steph's uh, <laughs> that's, that's the super, superstar of all time. This guy we'll see. We'll see, but they got the, they got a Todd and feather list night one game. Now they're both reset, and I was a big Nate McMillan fan as a player, and uh, we'll see how good um, wooden holes are coaches. But I can't tell you now, and I'll, I'll get off and of listen on the stream to you. I can't tell who's going to win. I just have this is the first time in a long time, and knowing you so well, I'm guessing you don't have a strong opinion either.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I think, look, any of the teams remaining could theoretically win. It's hard to to bet on the Clippers if Kawhi Leonard doesn't eventually come back. I would say Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee's my pick, and I have to push back on the idea that Giannis' shooting keeps him from being a superstar. Giannis is a superstar. Uh, Giannis is one of the best players in the league, and he may have certain limitations, you know, his, his own shot creation and, and, and shooting ability, sure, Um, but I think one of the things we've done with Giannis is miscast him in the sense that we wanted him to be a LeBron or a Kobe or that kind of player. I'm not like LeBron and Kobe are that similar, but you know what I mean? That perimeter player, when he's more a big, you know, he's going to be more in the, the Shaq, Tim Duncan kind of realm, Kevin Garnett kind of realm than he is with with those guys. Uh, but he's certainly a superstar. And, And if I had to pick one team to bet on right now, it would probably be Milwaukee um, to to win the whole thing, but any of the teams remaining could could definitely do it for sure. Um, let's go next to Chris in Maryland. Chris, you're on the Robert Ludberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio.
4: Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, my favorite my favorite Austin moment was when he attacked McMahon in the hospital and hit him with the bedpan. That that had me howling. <laughs> yeah,
5: I, no, I remember.
4: <laughs> that one was, and my favorite wrestling moment, I, I guess, is when uh, Hogan turned heel. That was the most memorable. But the uh, the Austin attacking McMahon and hitting him with the bedpan and it bonged off his head. That I was just rolling on that one.
2: Yeah, no, I mean uh, that definitely um, the Austin McMahon feud stands out for a lot of people. Thanks for the call, Alan Davis tweets in can't call in but sixth grade, 1983, MSG Hogan beating Iron Sheik for first WWF title. My dad couldn't believe he had to take us to wrestling, came out saying it was louder in MSG than Nick Slaker's finals in 73. Let's go to Joe in Oregon. Joe, you're up next on the show. What's up?
1: Uh, I want to say that one of my favorite WWE moments was when The Undertaker joined Lex Luger and the Steiner brothers on their Survivor Series team. And when he said yes, he opened his cloak and it was a giant American flag. I just thought that, that was awesome. And uh, being a part of a house show to see Austin face The Rock for a WWE title. And just hearing that shattering glass and being a part of the crowd that just erupts as he walks out. Is something that I will always remember being part of. And something that maybe he'll appear at a uh, Royal Rumble one day like Edge did a year or so ago. So those are my favorite moments.
2: Well, look, Austin's wrestling days are, are over uh he's a very good interviewer um if you watch the broken skull session show he has on i guess peacock now with WWE network but um
3: and also he, yeah. uh the show that he does on usa network is very good when he talks to the people well, uh, i haven't seen is that, which, that which is that? I have to look it up.
2: but he's a really good interviewer yeah interviewer. he does a good
3: job with the yeah
2: he disarms the people that he's talking to makes them feel uh comfortable but yeah edge coming back at that royal rumble was cool uh, that was I could argue that's the best Royal Rumble between Brock Lesnar throwing everybody out the first half of the match and Edge's return at the the latter stages
4: uh, uh, of that match. How
2: about Ken in Irving, Texas? Ken, you're up next.
4: What's going on? Hey, good morning, guys. I wanna you talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'll date myself a little bit back when I first got into business at the Sportatorium. He was Steve Williams.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs>
4: moved on, on up to Atlanta and then on up to New York and then had a real great career. Super. Well, he was the guy. ringmaster
2: before he was Stone Cold Steve Austin, right?
4: Right, yeah. yeah. He was one of the super, super nice guys in the business. But I would have to say my favorite moment as a fan before I became a wrestler was when Jesse the Body Ventura and Ivan Putski had the arm wrestling match in the middle of the ring. And Jesse finally got tired of him going back and forth, so he just, Stands up, picks up the chair, and whacks Ivan over the head.
2: <laughs> a, a, a chair shot as uh, dangerous as it actually is, of course, is, is always a good thing. People oh, always yeah. have.
4: <laughs> some, I got hit oh. in the back of the head one morning by Matt Bourne eleven times. <laughs> so I, oh my goodness! Are you yeah, okay? I got a concussion out of it, but it was it was the best, most fun I ever had in my life being a professional wrestler. But hey, you guys have a great one. We'll talk to you later.
2: All right, thank you. I, I would not take 11 chair shots to head uh, more power. Straight
3: time. up Steve Austin, by the way, on USA Network. Straight oh, up okay. Steve Austin's the name of the <laughs> show.
2: I thought that was one of the other names he had. <laughs> he <was> <laughs> Steve Williams.
3: Uh, also, uh, another moment I was thinking of that no one said, uh, Sting's debut at Survivor Series for the WWE in 2014. He obviously was past his prime by this point, but you know, for so many years, we were wondering, would Sting ever appear on WWE programming? And then uh, he uh, he made his appearance at Survivor Series 2014. It was just like, whoa, Sting is finally here. Uh, after being the face of, uh, w- you know, being one of the premier face of WCW for all those years, and now he's on WWE programming, and maybe we'll get to finally see that dream match, Undertaker-Sting. Unfortunately, we never did, but that was a cool moment, seeing Sting debut 2014 Survivor Series. And uh, this is not really one of my favorites because he's my all-time favorite wrestler. Uh, but a significant moment, obviously, is the Montreal Screwjob.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I did uh, neglect to mention that. That, that definitely belongs in the, the conversation. I mean, maybe the most talked about moment. Yeah. It, and then, it,
3: it, it, and then uh, one last one. I wasn't alive for it, but another significant one was uh, Jerry the King Lawler and Andy Kaufman on David Letterman. That was like kind of the first time where like wrestling and pop culture had like come together and blended. And obviously, you know, now we know you know wrestling's impact on pop culture and the significance it has today. So that was like that first moment, Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler on uh, Letterman.
2: Yeah, I see. you see the crossover appeal just by the interaction. Johnny D says, gave you a chance this morning, but you're talking wrestling. Do you hear all the people that are talking wrestling as well? Damn D'Lo tweets in the first night Stone Cold was in Dallas after neck surgery was insane. You could feel the arena breathing. The Rock and him had beers for like 15 minutes after the camera stops. Somebody else had brought up a house show. It's crazy that they had those. Rob Manfred, he doesn't deserve to be criticized. That's next.